Let's have a talk to him now, eh? Get him up. Zorba. Zorba, are you going to back Equinox in the Japan Cup at $1.40? No, nah, I'll just be looking at it. It's a great way to watch, isn't it? Like the crowd and the scenes are incredible. Yeah, I love watching um, overseas racing. What it does to me, it just reminds me of how great racing is in Australia and how great oh, yeah. our commentators are. We are so far ahead of the rest of the world um, in the in the world of racing in terms of showcasing it than any other country. I mean, to hear the Americans call a number one leads from number five and number seven is coming around the corner. <laughs> There's that northern English accent you had last week. <laughs> no, mate, that's Texas. Oh, it's just, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. Look, we've all done it. We've all been to Caesars Palace or MGM Grand and sat in the sports book and backed greyhound racing where it's just numbers. The five leads the four. It's, un- it's unreal, isn't it, Zorba? Yeah, it's very boring, actually. <laughs> hey, Zorba, Not if you're winning. I had a crack at the Kiwis earlier in the show saying it's the most imbecilic decision I can recall in 37 years of covering rugby league. But they gave Michael Maguire an ultimatum. Either us or the Blues, and Madge did what most people thought he would do and took the Blues this just three weeks after a 30-point win over the all-conquering Kangaroos. Well, Doug, when you were my cadet, I told you to do your homework, do your research. You obviously haven't done it here because if you delved into it, the CEO of the New Zealand Rugby League is a man called Greg Peters. Now, with a surname like that, you'd expect the giant stuff up, and he got it. He gave it. That's a terrible decision. To ask the coach after a 30-0 win against the world champions something they've been unable to do in their entire history um, is just a major, major dumb decision. Um, the group of ex-players led by an ex-average test player in Tony Kemp, who we saw for a fair while in Newcastle, slow, predictable, got plenty to say now. And the dopey New Zealand board listened to the old boys. The Kiwis, over many decades, have produced very little when it comes to locally produced gun coaches. Sir Graham Lowe was an exception and Frank Endicott went okay. The rest have been rubbish and the next cab off the rank faces a monumental task. How do you match 30-0 against the Kangaroos? And they're going to be judged right up front. Terrible decision. Agree with you, Colin, completely. Zorba Adenfanil Blake spotted in discussions with the Bulldogs and the great Augustus Gould. Do you think he'll go there? Do you have any intel? And if he does, would that continue this Bulldogs recruitment revival? Well, Adam Fanua Blake is the big one. He's the big spend in Phil Gould's mission to put some bite back into the Bulldogs. Now, Gould was sprung again having a meeting with with Fanua Blake and his management at Sydney Airport. Now, if you want to want to keep something secret, you don't have a meeting at the airport. I mean, that is the last place you'd go. Forget the theory that Gus is upset at being so-called sprung, having the meetings. He loves playing the game. The dogs are the favourites to sign Big Adam. If they don't, then Dave Clemmer is set for a return to Belmore. Been an impressive build-up. Eight new inclusions. I figure that five out of the eight will start in the 17 
from up front next season. Um, those players would be Stephen Crichton, the walk-up, Blake Tate, terrific utility player, Josh Curran from the Warriors, Drew Hutchinson, who's a, a, a terrific utility coming out of the Roosters system, and Kurt Mann um, from Newcastle, who formerly at Melbourne Storm, very good player as well. I reckon they're, they're, they're going to be in the 17. That will boost them. Bronson Cherry, well, that's returning from a band. Bit of a question mark on that, but certainly looks good. And he's got the talent. That's a no-brainer if it comes off. Jamin Salmon is a very good player as well, currently at Penrith. And Jake Turpin's a good backup hooker for them. So Cameron Seraldo's been given all the tools to build a new doghouse, but for Noah Blake would be the icing on the cake. He's the player that they're all after, um, and he's the sort of player that would um, would lead the Bulldogs from up front and give a return to Belmore's glory days a real chance of happening. Gus, I don't think we'll miss out on Fanua Blake. Oh, okay. You think you'll get him. Hey, hey, Zorba, just on the Gus thing, it's it's starting to make kind of headlines now, and, and journos are writing comment pieces about the secret meetings and Gus has always snapped at the secret meetings. And you mentioned there that, you know, having meetings in the airport course, you're going to be seen. He's funny though, Gus, isn't he? Because sometimes he's blowing up that he's photographed. Other times I reckon he wants to be photographed because it's a shop front window to show Bulldogs fans, Hey, we're talking to blokes. Without a doubt. He's playing the game and the old fellas played it for a long, long time. He loves nothing better than to, um, to lead the media down a garden path. And then when he does <laughs> exactly. sign where he's still paid, um, he gives them, a, gives them another version of it. Zorba, I want to ask you about the West Tigers and uh, Benji going so aggressively after Luai. Your favourite topic, Benji Marshall, are you going to bag him for the 46th straight week? Or are you going to say that, good on you, Benji, for having a crack at one of the biggest names in rugby league? Well, I'll put it this way. Player managers are loving Benji, and Benji loves to be loved. The all-powerful player managers are loving Benji Marshall's attempt to land a big fish in the NRL for his wooden spoon West Tigers. The sound of ka-ching, ka-ching is ringing loudly in the ears of the managers. To date, Benji has got a lot of lines out, but no takers. It seems as though the Storm Centre... Justin Olam is his best chance of success via a deal with the Tigers forward, Sean Bloor. There'll be a swap there, I hear. Uh, and that's been going on for a while. It's not new. I wonder if the Tigers have done their due diligence here. Why do the Melbourne Storm want to suddenly want to ship out one of their most destructive players of recent seasons? Why has Olam become not wanted by Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne Storm? Has anybody dug into this? I, I, I reckon, reckon Zorby, you're right. Something happened. Something happened two thirds of the way through the year, didn't it? Had to. Yeah, it had. It happened a couple of times. And there are a lot of rumours going around, and look, I, I don't want to say those rumours on air because I don't know whether they're right, and I'm not going to uh, stitch Justin Ollum up if, in fact, the rumours are wrong. But clearly. Something did happen that he was a gun centre, he was a Dally M centre of the year, he was their strike weapon, and suddenly he's up playing in the Q Cup. It was Something weird. happened. It's not it's not a massive, massive story because it happens in a lot of clubs. But it did happen and they're not copying it. Now, 
Meanwhile, Benji's having a lot of meetings with gun players and their managers and throwing lots of money with little success at the likes of Jerome Luai, Adam Fanua Blake, Bradman Best. The list goes on. Benji should just coach. Leave the managing of players and the signing of players to those that get paid for it. That's not happening at the West Tigers at the moment. Coaching is going to be a big enough gig for Benji to handle, and the jury's out there. I think you'll see Bradman Best turn his back on the West Tigers. I think you'll see... He's staying. Yep. Adam Fanua Blake, another one. And Jerome Luai. I reckon what's going to happen with him is this. I think the Penrith players, the brotherhood, the team that sticks together, wins premierships together, I wouldn't be surprised if four or five of the top players there took a little shave off their contracts and said, hey, we want to keep you here. Yeah, something. Yeah, I think that could happen. That could happen. It's all going to come down to whether Jerome Lumai wants to be the man. Hey, uh, the Dragons have only had negative press for what five years? <laughs> something like that. They've got some decent positive press today. Zorba, what did you make of it? Yeah, I think it's fantastic news that the Dragons have secured Squadron Energy, owned by Australia's richest man, Andrew Twiggy Forrest, as a future front of Jersey major sponsor. We've all been used to St George Bank being on the front of the Dragons for so, so long. Yeah. That's yeah. When next season. Now, oh, Twiggy, he's valued at, well, I guess a mere $33.29 billion. Oh. And the last financial review, Rich List, he's only behind Gina Reinhardt as the number one Aussie. Now, he's invested heavily into rugby union via the Western Force, but he's not happy Another one, not happy with the way that the Australian Rugby Union run their game. But you can bet he'll be personally welcomed to the NRL by Peter Vlandy. So I reckon what's this place? I reckon this might be the start of something big for uh, rugby league with um, Australia's richest man. What did you make of the World Cup finals, Orb, and the ensuing bleating, moaning, whinging and complaining coming out of the Indians. I can't believe that India is upset because Mitchell Marsh dared have his feet on the trophy. Who cares? Australia won the trophy. They can do yeah. what they like with it. Um, I just think that's um, that's an overreaction. Um, a week on, virtually from the World Cup win over India, and we're still enjoying the dominance of Australia's victory. Has there been a better team performance? On the big stage this year, I don't think there has been. The Matildas were great, but they didn't get the biscuits in the end. But Pat Cummings and his team have been superb to beat India in India. That's a very, very um, special win on top of winning the trophy over in England for best um, international team. Um, They've come back from a disastrous tour of South Africa to beat South Africa and then India. I, I just think it's a, a magnificent performance by the Australian cricket team, um, and I think we can all soak up that that atmosphere. But yeah, the Indians um, after the game, I, I I could see that they were hurting, and um, nobody hurts more than Coley. But I thought he was great in defeat. I think the Indian team handled it as well as they could have, but their fans and you 
you've got to expect that, that they would take it in the manner, some of them, uh, of which this guy that's whinging about Mitch, Mitchell Marth's feet uh, on the trophy, um, understandable, but overreaction. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there seems to be this discussion point about the best team lost. Well, they didn't. Like, Australia, I know they won 10 in a row, the Indian side, but Australia won nine in a row. The best team never loses. No, they, they, like Australia the best team won. never loses. The winners win. Yeah. Well, we can we can soak it up because we did win. I, I do feel a little bit sorry for them, knowing what um, India and cricket um, is a love affair. They rule the game on the administrative side of it. Yeah. They expected Tough. to win. They doctored the wickets. They did everything <laughs> they could to win it. And got rolled. And still got beaten. So there's no such thing as a certainty in sport, which is why we love it, boys. Absolutely. Hey, Zorba, have a great Sunday. Enjoy the golf this afternoon and enjoy the Japan Cup at 5.40. I won't be on it, but I'll be watching.